We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Carlo Navas. And with me today, we have our producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Glenn. How's it going, guys? We're doing awesome. Uh, second show this week. Uh, we're Bonus episode. Bonus episode. So we have our very own hot take carry, Mr. Harrison Citron. What's going on, everybody? We are here. We're going to talk hoops. We're going to talk heat. Bunch of stuff. And we have our Heat Twitter president, Alf. What up? Hello, sir. How are you? In a while, doing fantastic. And our guest, Israel Gutierrez of ESPN. Izzy, it's been a while for you. I mean, I just said it's been a while for Al. For you, it's been a while. Welcome back to the show. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. So, Izzy, we have been uh, we have been very heavy lately on off season talk uh, because after the Heat were eliminated by the cheating Philadelphia 76ers. And I want to ask you, I guess, because I do want to talk NBA playoffs and like more general stuff, but you know, in, in the beginning right now. I want to ask you, like, what, in terms of the Heat offseason, like, we've talked a lot about Miami rearranging contracts, or, like, maybe, what do you think is the most likely outcome for this offseason? Um, it's really hard to sort of picture what it is that Pat has planned, to be honest, um, given that, you know, I think what I've, what I've sort of gathered is that um, a lot of people thought that after he signed all these players to, you know, those, whatever, somewhere between 40 to $70 million deals that at least two of them would be able to, you know, combine and trade to get you uh, a bigger star. And, you know, a lot of people that I talked to were saying that, you know, it was a really good plan or what have you, because there's obviously people that always want to leave and Miami still is a destination. So 
I don't know what they know in terms of who's going to be available, who's willing to come down here, et cetera. But I could see easily, um, you know, trying to pitch for a Paul George and calling it a, you know, if he's going to leave you, try to pull a sign and trade deal. Um, maybe, uh, you know, obviously see what, see what the San Antonio Spurs are going to, whether they're going to cave on Kawhi and just kind of be ready, be there ready to, to benefit if that ends up happening. But I, I never really count on Pat Riley as being a guy that sort of crosses his fingers and hopes something's going to happen. So um, I feel like there's something got it. There's gotta be something more concrete there. Um, but I do know that it just, you know, basically anybody's available. I have a hard time believing that any other team's going to take on Hassan Whiteside's contract. And <laughs> So I think regardless, it's going to be not exactly an ideal situation. Um, and whatever the plan A is, I'm going to guess has a lot of ifs and maybes in it. I imagine plan A is Kawhi. Brian, what was the report that came out today that um, about Kawhi and the um, the the Eastern Conference official that, that the Spurs called offering Kawhi for oh. some? So there's a Boston radio station. Uh, I don't even know if it's a host, might be a producer, but someone from the Boston radio station um, basically reported that he has underground sources saying that Spurs offered um, Kawhi to an Easter conference team for a star player and a first round pick. And they were told no defiantly. Who uh, the Spurs were told no, or the, yeah, the Spurs were told the Spurs no. Spurs were told no. Now, obviously, you know, I mean, we just we just want to have fun. I mean, underground source, Boston radio station, but we were having fun earlier, Izzy, and it uh, was not Boston. That was that was also part of the report. It was it not was, Boston. It was not Boston. So we were trying to guess in this fictitious um, underground sourced um, story who it might be. I think we I think we decided on Milwaukee. Alf, what did we decide on in the chat? I think it was uh, Milwaukee. I think it was Milwaukee. Uh, that was the the final uh, the final say. Izzy in this so fictitious. What do you think? That would assume it was that the uh, Bucks turned down Kawhi for Giannis and a pick. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. See, I don't even think uh, a team like Milwaukee would make that deal, knowing that he wouldn't resign. So um, I doubt that would be that would have been the team. I have the source just so I can put it out there. The source is James Stewart. And he's the executive producer of Felger and Maz on 98.5 Sports Hub in Boston. So Nobody cares. Underground okay. source. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Izzy, the, the question is, I guess, um, because of Kawhi's injuries and kind of the way he ended this season with the Spurs, do you think his value is has you know gone down amongst, amongst GMs in the league? Or is he con- still considered like a transformative superstar? I mean, I, the only reason he wouldn't be is if, is if the knee or the quad is a continuous issue. I don't think the way he's sort of planned this exit um, is going to keep anybody from from taking him. So, um, yeah, I'd be concerned if I'm taking him on because he doesn't seem like the guy who would pull a move like this and literally sit out an entire year if there wasn't something real there with that knee or that quad or what have you that just isn't isn't healing, isn't responding properly or whatever. And so um, I'd be concerned. Like I wouldn't, you know, bet the farm on him. But if you get good information, um, man, I, I still think he's a top five player in the league. Izzy, I think it's weird because recently Miami went through the whole Chris Bosh thing and and the Dwayne Wade fiasco, and that it, it appeared nationally that Riley and the front office really took a hit, like a PR hit, 
when that happened. And mm-hmm. it kind of feels like the Spurs aren't going through that. Like, I don't feel like anybody thinks of the Spurs negatively because of this. And I know that both teams have built a lot of equity. I just think it's kind of interesting how Ka- I think that this is going to end with both Kawhi and the Spurs not having a bad reputation for this. And I kind of think that's interesting because in sports, we don't necessarily ever allow like a messy breakup without like giving blame. And I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if there's a precedent for that. It's funny you bring that up because there was another story that came out today that LaMarcus Aldridge asked Damian Lillard if he can get traded back to Portland. That was from Ken Berger of, who used to be of CBS Sports and now is Bleacher Report. I thought that was interesting too. Way to trample my point, Brian. Well, I mean, you're, you're talking about the Spurs. That's another player that they had that I actually was think that they, um, I think the Spurs and Greg Popovich are getting a little bit of, a, a little bit of heat on this. Um, you know, just because he's the one he's the only one saying things publicly. So he's kind of dictating um, sort of the narrative on this. And I think people are saying, well, wait a second. Uh, We don't really hear the other side of the story necessarily. And, you know, when he's publicly saying, oh, you have to check with his group and what have you. um, (laughs) I think some people are saying, well, it's kind of, yeah, you're kind of, uh, you're kind of putting it out there as if there's some, some, you know, bad feelings between the two so yeah, but that's not gonna stick um, I, I think like, i think he's getting a little bit of heat for that and i think Kawhi's getting plenty of heat for this um it's just we're all sort of tentative because we don't really know what the situation is health-wise so we can't really rip a guy if if um there's this mysterious knee pain that won't go away but if indeed he is uh just pulling uh an escape hatch you know leaving through an escape hatch like i, I don't I don't. I don't think he's gonna uh, like leave clean. Like I think he's gonna, you know, get but, some heat for that as well. Izzy, you can empathize with somebody wanting to get away from Pop, right? Because I, <laughs> no, <laughs> you man, interviewed Pop. Why? Like I, I really like Pop now. I don't know why. I don't know why he warmed up to me or what have you. But uh, is he nice have, to you? Uh, we have a thing. You have a yeah. thing. We have a thing. I don't know what it is, but uh, are you his he, favorite? He's, he's been good to me. Are you his? Are you, are you his new favorite? Uh, I don't think anything's been declared. Okay, but no. <laughs> I would Tentatively. place myself high in the rankings. Yes. Okay, look at that, Casey. That's that's a big accomplishment. Congratulations. Does he like you more well, than Sedano? It, it is one of my greatest accomplishments. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Does he like you more than George? Uh, I can almost guarantee that George is, <laughs> <laughs> George is new. George is new. He does. He's, he's still figuring them out. <laughs> oh my god! Like I, I don't know. I I think I kind of think the Riley Pop angles. It's interesting to me because Pop is especially recently. I think has built up so much equity publicly with you know being outspoken about politics and stuff like that. And considering the audience for the NBA is largely young, like I think fans and players like really you know like Pop that equity that Pop has built up as a co- like as a champion and like now kind of like going out and saying political things. I, I think that's really helped him. And then Riley, on the other hand, I mean, like, maybe, maybe it could be biased as we view things through this, like, heat Twitter prism, but it felt like during the Bosch stuff, Riley was getting killed, and the organization was getting killed. A little, for- little bit of a, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's biased or a little bit of a short-term memory, but it's just because Pat has had a history of messy breakups. Um, Magic, the Knicks, uh, LeBron. you know, whomever. There've been guys here, uh, even Dwayne. Well, yeah, I think I mean, they were Dwayne just coming off Dwayne. About is one of them. I'm sorry. No, yeah, that was saying like like Dwayne was Dwayne was very recent, or Dwayne happened like that was all at the same right, time. Right. So 
Right. But so I just think that, you know, he just had a reputation as, as just as much of a franchise builder, but also as a cold blooded businessman. Right. And so, and winning first above everything. And so I think it was easier to create that sort of villain out of him. And uh, it was a little bit more difficult with pop when everything's a little bit more private and everything that you do here is usually great stuff. Izzy, I guess now, now that, we're talking about the Dwayne, Dwayne and Riley. Like, do you know if they're good? Like, maybe you don't know, but like, it. I, I haven't heard. I don't know. I haven't heard anything to suggest that they've like patched things up. Maybe they've put things aside. But it's like, is Dwayne good with him now? Do you know? Um, I can't honestly. I can't say for certain, but I don't think Dwayne. I think Dwayne's at a point in his career now where he's pretty much good with everybody. Like, <laughs> I don't think. Uh, you know, I think he looks back and says, you know, if I do it over again, I'd probably treat it the same way. But I understand where both sides were coming from. They talked or Dwayne talked about the time that they shared a hug at Henry Thomas's funeral. And so I just I don't know if that's still there with um with either of them, to be honest. Changing gears a little bit. Celtics and Sixers finished last night. And Izzy, he Twitter Heat fans were very, very angry at the Sixers for folding hard as hell, for not playing well, for missing so many open threes that, like, Bellinelli wasn't, you know, Ray Allen against against uh, the Celtics. <laughs> and it was very right. frustrating to watch. Like, Joel Embiid's, like, dribbling the ball off his foot in crunch time. Like, he, you know, we were yeah, angry. Yeah. Like, where was this? Like, Philly was turning the ball over. What? Wait, 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 wait! I wasn't, I wasn't angry. I was enjoying the hell out no, of. No, I was what angry. You, you kidding me? I was. I, was, I, was, I, was, I got over that. I got over that by game two, and I just wanted to see them crash and burn. I cannot. And root I for loved, Danny. I cannot root for Danny. I loved watching Joel Embiid just crumble and fold in the crunch time. It was beautiful. Izzy, I guess one of the questions yep. I have is the hate for Philly and the 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 the. the I guess I don't know if this is just a Miami thing. To us, they just feel so arrogant and they haven't earned anything is that just us down here or is there a a national perception like that i think any eastern conference team fan base is probably going to say hey slow slow down guys like we don't we don't you know you haven't done much um even miami heat fans who they just beat in the playoffs are just saying yeah whatever you were supposed to beat us um and now you know you're losing to a boston team without Kyrie. so um, I, I think nationally in the fan bases, yeah, I think you're going to get a lot of that. But I think overall, there's kind of a little bit of that. It's just, it's just a new thing. And if you don't have a dog in the fight, I think that there's a little bit of, I think there's some intrigue there. But it's also just intrigue on like the way they play. Like Embiid is a guy I don't think we've seen before. He's, um, some weird combination of like Shaq and Chris Bosh. <laughs> and, that's, uh, that's a good analogy. And so, <laughs> and so uh, I think there's intrigue there more than anything, but I definitely think that um, there's sort of a, a humbling factor that comes with losing to those Celtics, and I think it'll probably show up. But I think that's also one of the the good traits about like a guy like Ben Simmons. I think he's just stubborn and headstrong, and whether or not he fixes that jumper, I still think he's going to find a way to be a great player. So yeah, I was um, going to say thing he's about, too, thing about he's that too game stubborn. Seven, He's too stubborn to learn how to shoot. I mean, he can't even pick which hand he wants to shoot with. But the thing that made me sort of laugh and kind of 
pull my hair out a little bit if I'm like a Heat fan watching that game seven is they abused J.J. Redick on defense. Like they found him on every possible possession. They used Jalen Brown against him. They used whomever knowing that he couldn't stop them. And I'm just saying, why wasn't that everybody's strategy in every single game from the first game of these playoffs? Like who was it? Who would it have been that would have had to, for the Heat, that would have been had to posting up uh, J.J. Redick? Because whoever it was, I'm pretty sure they would have been okay at it or done well at it. It was Tyler Johnson, and it failed miserably. Was it Tyler? <laughs> I mean, that's that was his matchup. For, um, I mean, he was killing Tyler but did offensively. They go to him? Did they right? Or but did they go to Tyler? Is he Tyler? See, that's not who I would have. I would have forced not... somebody else, whether it be Josh or Justice, to get JJ on his back and then you know abuse him in the post. Is he what I thought was weird about that was like Miami has like super small guards and Philly's obviously not super small. So those matchups were always kind of difficult for them. But Boston kind of has super long wings as well. And then Philly went three guards and that was the most successful they were in the entire series. And I thought that was odd. Mm -hmm. And it's not like Boston and Miami were doing like significantly different things, you know, like especially especially Mm -hmm. defensive, like defensively. I mean, game one, Spo was giving Ben Simmons all the space. It was just all the guys around him were moving crisply, perfectly, cutting, being open, and guys were hitting shots. And then, like, for me, that's why that series got frustrating because, like, they suddenly weren't the same team. Like, they were not playing the same, even though Boston was defending I, I them. Think, I think the perimeter defenders around uh, whoever was defending Ben Simmons were just doing a better job of sticking with those shooters. I mean, it was... It was really no because uh, Philly got the ben same Simmons amount got. of open shots per synergy. Like like Philly was getting the same amount of open looks. They were just shooting a yeah. lower percentage yeah. on the open looks. So like they were uh, like legitimately they were just hitting fewer open threes. Well, maybe that's just a, a fatigue thing. Who knows? It's so um, annoying. It's like really. It is, I mean, that, it is, but it's also like Ben Simmons didn't also have a one point game against Miami and so that's one of those situations where the shooting wouldn't have even mattered like if he would have had a normal you know 19 point game or something like that that you know that that game would have changed the series could have changed so um it is annoying but it's also you know those shots tend to fall less often the deeper in the playoffs you go and um they got out against Miami what are you gonna do but it's like Miami's gonna get killed like people are gonna look at that boss like that Izzy we know that Boston team's like pretty average you know I don't know. I mean, like that. That Milwaukee team. Listen, I think Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum's a star, uh, like a real superstar. Um, and I think Jalen Brown has been a guy that can't. Okay, so I always said he can make an All Star game or two in his career. Um, and given more opportunity, it's not like it's a great drop off with him. And then, um, I mean, Rozier's just. You know, he's just enough of a quick guard to get and collapse the defense and stuff and hit some shots. And that's so you got a guy like Al that does, you know, all star level role player things. And it's still a, it's still a really good team. And, and and it's coached really well. And that's where the difference to me was. Like, if you're looking for, you know, it's the four games, I think the four games that uh, Boston won, three of them were pretty darn close. And um, yeah, I think Brad Stevens is probably the difference in, in a lot of that. I mean, Izzy, do you think it's possible that that this Celtics team without Kyrie is almost better off? I mean, they run everything through Tatum. That there's they they move the ball really really well. You got Horford who could d up anyone on the other side of the court, 
And you don't have to worry about Kyrie having to get his shots off. I saw earlier on ESPN and the BPI, they're favored to beat the Cavs. It's like 72% chance. And I don't know how much stock mm-hmm. you put in BPI, but I mean, they're a good team. They're very good defensively and they haven't lost at home. I think we got to give them a little more credit than just LeBron's going to go in there and stomp on them. Yeah. Um, like I, like, again, if you sort of look at those games against Philly, a, couple, a few of them could have gone either way. Um, and I, I don't know. I definitely think they'd be better off with Kyrie. Um, I, I think having these other guys take on more of a, a more responsibility in the playoffs and showing showing up, um, I think that helps them as a whole. And when he does come back, uh, or let's say if he were here, uh, were to come back for this round, hypothetically, um, they'd be scary good. Is he enough about the East because it doesn't matter anyway? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, because the championship is being played out West. Does, does Houston even have a chance? I mean, I like well, – actually, no, I don't – I was about to lie my ass off because I don't like Houston. I think it's – I, I think uh, James Harden is the least aesthetically pleasing superstar ever, and I can't stand mm-hmm. them, but they're really, really good. I mean, do they have a chance against Golden State, or are we just looking at Golden State walking its way into the finals again? I don't know about walking their way. Um, I think it could be a six- or seven-game series. Um, I think Houston's offense will suddenly look a little bit more potent than it did against Utah just because uh, the Warriors are going to play at a faster pace. Um, But it's just hard to imagine now that these Warriors are healthy with Steph having some games under his belt. um, You know, KD has been shooting under, I think, 28% from three so far in the playoffs. He's going to heat up. (laughs) And... I just can't believe that a team that's lost three playoff games since KD signed is all of a sudden going to lose four out of the next seven. It doesn't matter how good. Uh, Who are they going to put on I, KD? PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker. Mm. Um, Bob Mute. Mute. <laughs> they have. I mean, they have options, but they, there is no ever a good option. Uh, I'm sure Trevor will spend some time there. It's just. They have plus defenders, like, on the wing. Like, I think the concern is, like, Steph. Yeah, yeah. and it's not even it, – here, it, if, if they're plus defenders, um, you know, one-on-one are plus defenders, sure. But when they're running their stuff, when Steph, you know, dragging defenders so far out uh, or, you know, confusing the defense for even half a second so, you know, somebody cuts and get a layup, like, that – that's not about individual defenders. That's about team defense being on point all the time. And I don't know if they have the type, like the team that I saw defend the Warriors best this year, in my opinion, was either the first or second game that they played against Oklahoma City. And it was in Golden State. And they, you know, they were long, they were active, they were tireless, and they were physical. And while, you know, three-fifths, of that Houston lineup can do that. Uh, the whole team can't do that. Well, the Rockets have the second best defensive rating in the playoffs so far. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't and know. No, they I mean the Warriors yet. No, I, 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 yeah, noted, and you know they haven't uh, played. You they know, played the they Utah's, played the Jazz. Utah's not an offensive juggernaut, you know. Completely understood. I do think Golden State's probably going to win in like five or six games, but I think they're going to be tough. How much can Harden give them? Right, because he hasn't particularly been stellar in the playoffs, right. and you know, I don't know. I'm kind of of the belief where 
a guy like him who really depends on contact, like when he's not getting that contact as often, those whistles, because in the playoffs, you know, they, they let you play a little more. Yeah. Suddenly you have a little less space and he's playing a different game than he's used to. It's not that he's unable to, it's that you play 82 games a certain way and all of a sudden it changes that, that space, those habits, like that's really hard to fix. So his shooting percentages plummet and he doesn't get as many looks at, at free throw. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. Like, is Harden going to be able to generate the offense and the at the efficiency we're used to? Izzy, let me let me uh, help. Let me fix uh, Giancarlo's last long-winded question. Uh, no, Izzy, when, you should see the group chat. When, they have dragged me the well, entire time. They're like, "Gee, you're terrible. Gee, you're talking too much. Gee, let us talk. You're awful." And I'm like, I'm trying to do a show. My mic's right. not even plugged in. I, I messed up. Start the show. I'm shook. You know, you're literally talking more to explain why you're bad. Just give me a second. Okay, we so, were breaking down Heat Sixers I, like the seventeenth time. So, so, so Izzy, here's here's my question: When, um, when the Warriors inevitably win in six games, and Harden has another bad playoff series, are we finally going to admit that James Harden is really a playoff choker, and we could finally, you know, all get on board with this? Because this guy struggles in the postseason, and he's always gotten, you know, no one really, uh, no one really comes at him, and he is. He's done it every year now. He chokes. I don't even know if it would be a choke thing. Like you said, I think it would be a style of play thing. Like I, I don't know if that necessarily translates into the postseason. Um, when you're getting ready to play James Harden on a, you know, with one night's preparation or one day's preparation or none at all, um, you're going to get sucked in to the reaching game. And you're going to probably have a couple of guys make you know, boneheaded mistakes. You'll probably have a young guy or two uh, make a mistake and, you know, and then he'll get a few more just for being good. And then all of a sudden you've got 12 free throws and he's hit another 10 field goals and he's got 35 points on you. But in the playoffs, if you sort of, you know, you train yourself better to not reach perhaps and not let him get what uh, the little easy ones that he gets, you know, don't jump forward at all. Don't go for his fakes and you're still going to get caught but maybe you get caught half the time and you uh half as many times and maybe he never gets into a rhythm um i think that was the whole idea with the chris paul and i think that game five against utah was indicative of what they're hoping can happen that if it is one of those games where hey they got james's number that chris paul can't be denied and um i don't know about choker i just think style of play is just probably not perfect for long-term playoff success is he agree with me basically and after Harry slandered me for talking too much. He's been wanting to say that, Izzy. He's been saying that in like our group chats for like weeks. He's just calling James Harden a choke. You don't like him. I mean, saying that the, saying that the style of play doesn't benefit him in the playoffs is, I mean, he's obviously not as good in the playoffs. He chokes. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's been true so far. Justice, on the uh, other hand, playoff performer. <laughs> justice better oh man you know what i didn't realize about justice and somebody was telling me he's got little hands does he yes yeah yeah i had no idea really i didn't uh, realize that was part of his problem until this year oh str- that's why he struggles dunking with one hand <laughs> what happened to jay rich's yeah. springiness because talking about dunking like jay rich used to be like crazy like he used to dunk on people and that really stopped mm-hmm. like what like Spo yeah. played him 45 minutes a game for the first half of the year <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 
82 games is the problem. You know, longer uh, spring chicken. Jeez, like chicken. that happened fast. Like I remember, D. Like it took a while for Dwayne to lose it. Like Jay Ritz, like doesn't even try anymore to dunk on people. I'm like it's finger roll time. So, got a question for you guys um, about Donovan Mitchell. Oh um, no! Nah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, on on a scale of one to Dwayne Wade, where is he? What do you think his feeling is? Victor Oladipo, you know, and you can go beyond Dwayne Wade if you want. He's as close to he's as close to Wade as we've seen um, since Wade. I even made I mean I made a joke the other night, but I tweeted on Twitter that he even gets hurt in big games like Dwayne. So <laughs> he, I mean, he is really, really as close as we've seen, and he has a three, which makes him a little might even make well, him. That's better. see, that's where I think uh, I don't think he's as well. I don't think he's as tall as Dwayne. I think Dwayne has like an inch an inch and a half on him. Um, they both got crazy strong upper bodies. They both have that that frame. Um, I don't think Donovan, because of that little bit of height, and I don't think he's as explosive, like powerfully explosive yeah. as Dwayne was when he came in. Um, and but I think he makes up for that with that three pointer, because everything else he's got the right to left crossover. He's got you know footwork in the paint. He's got good touch. He's got good sense defensively. You know, playing off the ball. Um, I don't know how great offensively he plays off the ball yet, but I don't remember Dwayne being great off of the ball initially either. I think so, that, yeah, Dwayne, I think Dwayne wasn't great off the ball until LeBron. Dwayne, I think he's say that again. Dwayne wasn't really great off the ball until he started playing with LeBron because he never really had well, a he did it. I think I think he showed he was great at it when he played in the Olympics because that was, well, yeah. was just right <laughs> off the bat. And so that was before Braun. So I think he developed. I think he just had a knack for it. He's just a, a high IQ basketball player. I think player he was good way. at it with Shaq but, as well, because like they would they would post Shaq up and then they would like work their way out. Yep. And, and Dwayne wasn't really the trigger for sets. Like it would be Shaq, and then Dwayne would work off of that. And Shaq was a great yeah, passer, if, to, to, cutting and to me. If Donovan, if Donovan becomes kind of a a shooter in the sense of in the quality of like. Damian Lillard as a threat out there that he can just shake you and pull up and hit. Like I think that'll make up for that little bit less explosiveness because he finishes great around the rim and his footwork's really good. His spin move, I think, is going to be the best in the league if it's not already. I think on a scale of one to Dwayne, like I think he's right, right, cozying up to Dwayne when his career is over. I think the the three other guys that have been the two other guys that have been super compared to Dwayne have been uh, Victor and um, and Dion. Uh, well, Izzy. Thank you so much for joining the program today. We are uh, we are shuffling guests around, so uh, thank you so much for making the time for us. You are awesome as always, sir. Check him out on ESPN. Izzy, what's your Twitter account where people can find you? Uh, at wait, what is it? <laughs> Way Gutierrez. to go! <laughs> Repeat it. It's Iz Gutierrez. My Instagram is Mister Iz Gutierrez because it's classy. It's very classy. <laughs> Izzy, thank you so much for coming on. All right, guys, no problem. Take care, man. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you again to our friend Izzy Gutierrez for joining the program, friend of the show. Um, we're going to play a promo because uh, they got mad at us for playing them all at the end. So uh, here is the Five Reasons podcast promo. This week on the Five Reasons podcast, we're joined by the original coach of the Miami Heat, Ron Rothstein. If I remember correctly, we're in the locker room one night, and next thing you know, the door opens, and here comes Shaq with a wheelbarrow. <laughs> and he wheels the wheelbarrow into the locker room. And he had all the 15 strong cards in the wheelbarrow and dumped them on the floor in the middle of the locker room. Everybody's looking at one was like, what is this? And they were the cards. That's how we introduced the 15 strong to the team. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Pat Riley. <laughs> 
Pat Riley had Shaq use a wheelbarrow and dump yeah. him in the locker room. That was his way of introducing it to the team. I think so. I think that's, that's what I remember. Incredible. Multiple brilliant stories just like that one. Check out the podcast on iTunes, on Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Five Reasons Podcast. Remember to check that out in our uh, slew of affiliates on the Five Reasons Podcast Network. That show was actually great. Ethan and uh, Chris Whittingham had Ron Rothstein, who has really been around the league for a long time, telling awesome stories like that one and others. So check that out. And we transition from Izzy to our next guest, Tim Bontemps. Welcome to the program. National NBA writer for the Washington Post. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, fellas. How you doing? We're doing awesome. Uh, talking some playoffs, talking some heat offseason. Uh, we were talking to Izzy before you came on about Warriors and Rockets, and I think that's a series that everyone's been excited for all year. And my co-hosts don't believe it's going to be a series. Uh, Alf, you just said that you think that Golden State's going to run through them. I happen to think that Houston's defense is going to be a lot better against Golden State because they have enough defenders to throw at Durant. Curious uh, as to what you think, Tim. I think it's more likely that it's not a series than it is. I, I think people have underestimated just how good Golden State is, um, you know, because of the way the Warriors kind of lollygagged their lollygagged their way through the season and didn't really play to their usual level because they were frankly pretty bored um, and disinterested. <laughs> I, I think that people have forgotten just how good this team is. I mean. Just think about it this way. The Rockets had an incredible season, right? Won 65 games, uh, had the best record in the West. I mean, Golden State won 58 games and had just as good, if not a better offense than the Rockets. They had point really, one better offensive rating, the Warriors. Right, and didn't, and didn't, and didn't really try all season. Um, I mean, they played, it, they played it 70 or 75%. I mean, people think I'm being facetious when I say that, but I'm really not. I mean, they... They, they were on cruise control until the All-Star break. They then wanted to turn it up over the second final couple months of the season going into the playoffs, and that's when everybody got hurt, right? I mean, over the final six weeks of the season, all four of their All-Star players missed Time. at least a couple weeks with injuries. Um, otherwise, I mean, they were right on pace with Houston right to the All-Star break. I think they might have ended up with the best record in the West if they'd have been healthy. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's where people have forgotten a little bit just how good this Golden State team is. You look at what they did to the Pelicans in the second round of the playoffs – New Orleans, I think, at 117 rating uh, in offensive rating in the first round. It was, I think, 99 or 100 against Golden State. Um, you know, they they just they have the ability at both ends to do things no other team can do. So, can Houston make this series? Yes. Do I think there's a small chance that Houston could win? Sure, if things break right. But if I had to guess, I think it's much more likely it's a shorter series with Golden State winning than a you know a, a longer one with Houston. I see, and I, Alf, I want to ask you this as well. Um, like. We're talking about Houston building a team specifically to beat another team. It kind of reminds me of the Pacers trying to build a team specifically to beat the Heat. How often, like, does that work in the league? Like, a team, like, you construct a team specifically to beat this other team. How often does that actually succeed? Because I think more often than not, I think probably, like, 80% of the time it doesn't work. Well, I mean, think about what you're saying, though, right? Like, you're not really saying, you're not really saying it's well worth, it's, it's not like the... Um, I'm trying to think about. It's not like the Heat are trying to build a team to beat the Pacers this year, right? No, but like, it's no. But what I'm great, saying is those dominant. Well, that's, what I'm, well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like this is these those are two really good teams that are trying to figure out a way to beat the best teams. So yeah, most of the time it doesn't work because most of the time you're talking about 
you know, the, the best team of that era, right, or that period in time. Um, you know, a lot of teams try to beat that Heat team and they had no chance to, right? Indiana just happened to be the best team in the East besides them, so they had to kind of construct a team that gave itself the best shot to beat uh, those Wade, Bosch, and, and LeBron Heat teams. And, you know, they didn't have the greatest player maybe of all time, and certainly it was generation, so they couldn't beat them, right? And that that's kind of the situation the Rockets are, are in now, where, I mean, look, I think you could argue this Warriors team is the best team that's ever been assembled. I mean, to have four guys in their prime like this, four of the 15 best players in the league, that hasn't been the case really since, at minimum, the 80s. Like, look, I, I think that it, it when you go back to October, nobody really thought Golden State was going to be beaten or even really challenged. So I think that Houston deserves a lot of credit for making this as much of a toss-up as a lot of people think it is. I just think at the end of the day, Golden State has too much talent and too much experience in these spots that as long as they stay healthy in this series, I think they're going to find a way to win it. Well, gee, to answer your question, the last time it worked was when the Heat uh, put together the big three to beat Boston, but that was an aging Boston, Boston team. That's not what's going on right now. Um, and speaking of Boston and speaking of the Cavs, Tim, I was kind of looking over your timeline earlier today, earlier today, and you're kind of not buying the whole Celtics, uh, like plucky young team. You, I mean, I mean they are, but you're you're kind of seeing them as as more than what a lot of people are viewing them as. When you look at how many first round picks they have in that starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think people want to have it every way with the Celtics, right? They want to say that Brad Stevens is the greatest coach of all time. They want to say <laughs> that the Celtics have all this young talent, and they want to say the Celtics don't have enough talent. Right. Yeah. Like, like you can't you can't have it every way. Brad Stevens is a great coach. The Celtics, even without Kyrie and Hayward, they still have Al Horford, All Star big man, one of the most versatile big men in the league. Top three pick in Jalen Brown. Top three pick in Jason Tatum. Uh, six pick in Marcus Smart. Uh, you know, mid first round pick in Terry Rozier. Mid first round pick in Marcus Morris. It, it's not like this team has a bunch of steps. Uh, and the other thing, like. I, I was kind of amused in the last round. Everybody was saying, oh, well, look at how young the, the Celtics are. How can you, you know, you can't, you can't really use that as a knock against them when they're beating the Sixers team that's just as young. Well, this, the four best players on the Sixers had never played in a playoff game before. And if you watch that series, it was pretty obvious, right? Like they, they were in the first pressure situations they've ever been in. They had a, you know, Miami just didn't have enough talent. And they got a series with a fairly evenly talented team. And what happened? You know, yeah, Jason Tatum is a rookie. I think you could set him aside. He he played great. But Al Horford's played in a million playoff games. Uh, Marcus Smart had played in, I think, 28 playoff games for this year. Terry Rozier had played in 22. Jalen Brown had played in 17. I mean, that that doesn't that might not seem like a ton to people, but that makes a tangible difference, right? Like, if you have guys that have been there before, even if they haven't been the, in, in the exact same role, they know what the playoffs are like. They know what the extra intensity of the playoffs are like. They know kind of how the rhythms of series go. I mean, all that stuff, they've been through at least once before. And frankly, they had a coach that had been through it multiple times before. Brad Stevens is in his fourth playoffs now, right? Yeah. Brett Brown had not been in the playoffs before as a head coach. He'd been there a million times and assisted, but it's a different thing. And I think you saw in that series, look, the Sixers barely lost the last three of the last four games, right? They were all coin flip games. And what was the difference? The difference was the Sixers made rookie inexperienced mistakes and the Celtics didn't. So are you giving Boston a shot here or are you expecting Cleveland to back their way into another into another finals? 
I mean, I don't really give them much of a shot at all. And that, that's not a knock on them. It's more just that without Kyrie and without Hayward, I don't see how they're going to beat LeBron in a seven-game series. Um, you know, Indiana, it's weird. For whatever reason, Indiana played Cleveland extremely hard this season. They're the only team in the East that Cleveland had a losing record against in the regular season among the playoff teams. But they were 3-1 and one against the, the Pacers. And for whatever reason, that just, you know, as we saw in the first round, that was not a good matchup for them, right? Uh, but they blew weirdly. through Toronto. Right, weirdly. I mean, I, I still don't really know why. I don't understand um, what happened. I mean, <laughs> Listen, I was at Game 7, and when and uh, I went there and on the chance that it would, might be the end for LeBron there, and when he went to the locker room with cramps at the end of the third quarter, I was like, man, this could really be it. I was like, this like, is it. It's happening again. Yeah, it really, you know, I, I just didn't. And then look what happens, right? The Cavs, um, the Cavs, you know, hold up through that five or six minute stretch to actually build a little bit of a lead. LeBron comes back in and wins the game. And look, the other thing I think that needs to be said is Kevin Love's hand. Like if you guys, if you guys saw during that Pacers series, you could see that like oh, yeah. there was a giant bruise on his hand. And even if it's not his shooting hand, like if you think about shooting a basketball, like take your left hand away if you're right-handed and try to shoot the ball, right? Like you don't have nearly the same uh, control and feel over the ball. So. I think he seems he clearly seems to be playing better, given or feeling better, given how he played the last few games of that series. So, I mean, listen, could Boston make this a series? Sure, they do have a lot of good wing players. Um, you know, Al Horford's really good. Uh, Brad Stevens, I'm sure, good. will devise some good schemes. But um, I, I just can't, I just can't see anybody in the East stopping LeBron at this point. I mean, I thought it was going to be Warriors and Cavs since September. Tim, thank you so much for your time, for your expertise. We really appreciate everything. Thank you so much. Where can people find you uh, on Twitter and and your writing so that they can follow you? Uh, Sure. Uh, No problem, guys. Happy to do it. Happy things are going well with the pod. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Tim Bontemps, and uh, my work is at the Washington Post. So go to our website, and uh, you can find everything I do there. He is excellent. Thank you so much. Have a great night, sir. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks, Tim. This is a promo. Hello, this is Chris Joseph, co-host of The Bulls Cast. Some of you might have heard our earlier promos on this podcast and wondered, what in the holy shit fuck is Balls Cast thing all about? Well, Balls Cast is a comedy podcast about Miami sports, culture, and politics, and sex, and food. You know, all the shit that matters to those of us who call the 305 home. We also throw in parody songs and comedy sketches and invite the occasional cool-ass guests and my co-host Slim and I do all of this while completely baked out of our gourds. So, if you love Miami sports, but you're also into laughing and living your fullest life in this beautiful city we call our home, then please download Ballscast wherever you consume your podcasts. Then, sit back, relax, and enjoy the crazy. Now, listen to some fart noises. That is, uh, that is Ballscast. You can find them on our Five Reasons Podcast Network along with a, uh, an array of shows um, here ranging from us to Ballscast to Dolphins Talk to uh, Ethan interviewing uh, Ron Rossi and telling stories about Shaq and Wheelbarrows. So, next guest, Kevin Wang. Kevin, welcome to the program. Made in voice. Thanks for having me on. Kevin, where can people find you and your podcast? You can find me at KevTage underscore on Twitter. That's K-E-V-K-A-G-E underscore. You can find my podcast at Bench Buckets. So check that out. Kevin, we've talked a lot of Celtics Sixers, and we've talked a lot of Houston Warriors. What do you want to talk I'm going to let you decide where we're going to take the last uh, section of the show. 
What do you want to do? Uh, can we just talk shit about Philly? Yes, I'm so down. How annoying. Oh, Alpha, Alpha's ready. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. If we had to rank the most annoying Sixer players, one, two, three, who do you got? Embiid, Embiid, Embiid. Okay. Embiid. Embiid. <laughs> Greg, uh, number one is Greg Golden with Wi-Fi. Number two is Paul Rondo. Number three is Potato Harden. Who's Potato Harden? Who's Potato Harden? Is that false? TJ McConnell. No, that's false. Oh, TJ. I forgot about TJ. No, but TJ, TJ is like an alt-right like rally leader. He, his haircut is so fucking frustrating. Can I cuss? Yes. Yes. Yeah, his haircut Please. is like every Alpha, Delta, Shifi, like Sigma, Epsilon dude who goes to Miami during spring break. <laughs> yes. He looks like We've Fort Lauderdale. We've all decided he's, he's every bro in Fort Lauderdale during spring break, <laughs> and he also led the march it's in every, Charlottesville. Yes. He, he, he buys Tiki torches. Like, he, he, they know him at the Tiki torch store. Wait, well, who is Urson then? He's uh, Alf, what did you call him? Lester Munson? No, Eddie Munster looking fuck. Eddie Munster. <laughs> did you guys ever notice Sarge has like a Hitler mustache as well? <laughs> Why didn't we start with Kevin? We did serious basketball talk for like an hour. We just want to make fun of six. Wait, didn't we say we can't make fun of his mustache because he has that weird lip thing? Wait, what? He, I thought Sarge had that weird lip thing, and we couldn't make fun of his mustache anymore. What? What? what, what Did we go never, through this? Like he has like a cleft lip or something? What's a cleft lip? Never stopped us before. Oh, I, okay. I, listen, I'm all for it. <laughs> Anarchy. You know, you know, you know the one looks like Sloth from the Goonies. Uh, their hair, like every Sixers hair, bothers me. Like Dario Sarek's hair is annoying. Like I, they're they're just they bother me because like. Against the Heat, they were, you know, making everything, and against the Celtics, they weren't. I don't know why you hate them, Kevin. Your team did good. Your team oh, no, we look- hate we we hate everybody. Like everyone who slanders Horford is public enemy number one. So everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so literally every NBA fan. <laughs> I mean, there's there's also there's also the Tatum and Fultz thing. There's a Tatum and Fultz thing. They don't like each other. Or no, like the trade. Oh, the trade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, you, mean you guys how, look like you, geniuses. Yeah, you mean how Philly gave up Tatum and a first-round pick for a guy whose shoulder doesn't work? Yeah, that seems like a good place. Actually, for the like process. for defense, like after you guys, like hindsight is twenty twenty. But how do you guys feel about going thirty and eleven now that you see like Tatum, how he's doing? We have justice. It's okay. I mean, we, we would have been, we been, been fine if we were one listen, spot. Better. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up because, like. You cannot take away that Dion Warrior game from me. You can't, because I don't. I don't know if who the Heat drafted would have been like any sort of special. But I'll remember that Dion game. I'll remember that. I'll remember It'll that be, thirty and eleven run. That was fun. Ended up with that. What's that bum that Charlotte got? Kaminsky. Yeah, that's what we would ended up with. Kaminsky. No, no, no. no, Some no. Shit Kaminsky like that. was the Justice draft. Or they're mixing up years. Am I? Oh, like, Monk. oh, we're talking about the Bam draft. Yeah, same shit. I mean, they probably would have gotten, you know, Donovan Mitchell. But, you know, whatever. You know, I, how are you, how can you know? How are you this supposed to know? This is what we actually thought. This is what we actually thought. Woj is reporting to here selecting OG Anunobi. No, no, Bam on the bio. I like. Oh, my. They took Bam? Yo. What are we doing? Oh twice? Who is it? Twice That's- in one show? Ba- are you kidding? <laughs> What are they doing? Who is that? <laughs> he just said that, that they're going to draft OG. Oh, no. No, we won't. Oh, no, we don't. They're drafting Bam Adebayo? 
That was what? 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 what I read it. You gotta be freaking oh, kidding me. Oh. That was our show's live reaction to the Heat drafting Bam Adebayo. I had no idea who he is. Our expert, Nikaias, who was supposed to be the smartest among us, had was very upset. Alex, who poured over draft things, was also mad. There was They wanted OG. Um, I think Bam turned out better than OG, right? Mm. And? I don't know. They're, good. They're all good players. It's going to be a very good draft. I mean, obviously... You want guys, the guys are going to get better every year, but just looking at after one year, you got some pretty good players that came out of the drafts this past season. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, we'd rather have Tatum, but whatever. I mean, Mitchell, Mitchell, they were so close to getting Mitchell. Like, Kevin, we were talking earlier, like like in our, in our group chat, like how Miami has been on like the wrong end of so many of these things. Like they could have gotten Capella, but they got, what was it, Napier? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, so like uh, they, fucking they, LeBron, they were they could have had Draymond, but instead they conveyed Every, a bunch of picks. I mean, everyone, got, everyone, everyone could have had Draymond. No, but like Miami, like like people in Miami wanted Draymond Green. That was reported. Like there were people in the room when they were gonna draft, they wanted to draft Draymond. They ended up picking some other guy and conveying a what bunch ended of up picks. Happening, yeah, what ended up happening actually, even had a positive. Don't even, they, yo, they don't they even get us. me. St- <laughs> Let Brian tell the thing. Even had a pod this week uh, talking about the whole draft um, in regards to why he didn't select Draymond Green. Apparently, someone in the room said that he wasn't fit for Heat culture, so that's why they passed on it because he was fat. <laughs> Yo, if you want to, if you want to go through Heat drafts um, since we got LeBron, like the first year we gave up the pick to sign Mike Miller, that pick became Eric Bledsoe. The next year we picked Norris Cole over Jimmy Butler. Then we <laughs> gave up the pick that could have been Draymond Green, and. We missed someone else. Oh, and then, Capella, yeah, he's already Capella. said. Clint, we, we wanted Clint Capella, but we thought we could keep LeBron with Shabazz Napier. What a dumb <laughs> fucking move. That's our life, like, in the draft. Like, Miami's been so – and then Donovan Mitchell gets picked right before Bam. Like, Miami's been so close it's so far. Oh, Boston and had Josh Richardson. And just had to dealt with, like, a Linux over Giannis. That was the latest Ooh. one. Ooh. That hurts. That's, that's tougher yeah. than anything we've said so far. Well, they got Beasley over Westbrook. But I, that wasn't really a conversation. Honestly, who's had a better career, Beasley or D Rose? Beasley, he's still Beasley's, playing. Beasley's been in the finals. Also, do you want do you want Westbrook? Honestly, Kevin, that's how I first heard about you. That, that tweet where you said uh, Westbrook forty three shots in this economy was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like I hate Russell Westbrook. I don't understand why everyone likes him. He's, he's fun. Probably one of the he's one of the most athletic guys to ever play basketball but that doesn't mean he's good at the game or he he's, helps people he around is, he is like an athletic freak but he has an IQ equivalent to Hassan Whiteside oof <laughs> that's rough that, that's, at least he gets minutes that's, 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 a, hot, that's a hot take <laughs> at least because Billy Donovan doesn't know better he certainly <laughs> knows Brad Stevens God, Brad Stevens. Oh, Listen, God. Brad, if we're talking about guys we hate, like, Brad Stevens is the guy that I'm done with. Like, the coverage around Brad Stevens has been so annoying that I I don't like him. Can you, can you imagine, like, the world's reaction if Brad Stevens came out as, like, a Trump supporter? Oh, my God. I need that to happen. I think people would be confused. I mean, like, I would be like, ah, I told you so. Confused? He looks like a Trump supporter. What are you talking about? No, but, like, I think because everybody wants to like him. Like, haven't you seen the tweets? How could you not like Brad Stevens? I was like, real easy. No one voted for him in that coaching peer. He looks uh, like an asshole. Like, that guy guy looks like he's not interested in being friends with you. He looks like he could be one of Trump's sons. Like, he looks like he'd hang out with Jared Kushner. Like, (laughs) he looks like a Trump guy. 
If, if you if you saw Brad Stevens and he, you didn't think he was an NBA coach, and they said that's one of Trump's lawyers, you'd be like, yeah, he looks like one of Trump's lawyers. It's Mike like, he doesn't look like a basketball coach. He doesn't. I like Brad Stevens. I think he's really good. I don't understand why we're hating on him. Looks like and we've had we've had NBA reporters come on here and say like, if you played those games back. The Celtics probably like everything bounced their way. That has a lot to do with coaching and play calling. If you watch the games down the stretch, no, like Embiid the doesn't dribble the caused... damn ball off his foot. Well, listen, well, no, no, taking no, no. advantage taking advantage of Embiid's stupidity is part of coaching. Like <laughs> make, making him fall the guy out of the paint and having Horford one on one down low. Can we is call a really it, good play? Can, can that we last, for the rest of the show? Can game. we please call Embiid Greg Oden with Wi-Fi? <laughs> that last game. Yes. Should have been a 12-point win, 14-point win by Boston if, if it wasn't for the refs. That's why when Philly and Embiid were complaining about him not getting that foul, dude, Tatum got clobbered on, like, I think it was the last his, – his last shot yeah. of the game. Got clobbered. No call. Yeah, but Embiid got he, hit too he on, on the other end. He was getting every call in the last, like, five minutes. It's the only reason that game was close. And that's – Philly has been getting the, the friendly whistle the entire playoffs. Oh. And Embiid. They're sending Embiid to the line like he's fucking Jordan. Like, ugh, that bumbling fuck. Can't and, talk, and don't even think about game five. Remember game four? They had Scott Foster and Tony Brothers officiate that game. And what do you know? Like, Tatum and Jalen, they both have, like, four and five fouls in the second half in the third quarter. They've shown that. Foster is, Scott Foster has been part of every team where, the, where they got the one win. The Utah win, the, um, the one Philly win, and then one other series. The Celtics, they have, the Celtics have like a, a nine-game losing streak in Tony Brothers officiated games. Really? Uh, Tony Brothers and Scott Foster. And then uh, there's one other guy that I can uh, – I can't out. think of his last – Yeah, Ken. those are my three. I cannot stand those three guys. If they're ever in a game together, like we, it's – hell is opening. Hell is freezing over. Those did three ever, guys – Did I ever tell you guys my Tony Brothers Twitter, Twitter story? I think you've told Please them, go. but it's always a good time. Okay, so you, you guys know how much I hate Tony Brothers and how foul mouth and disgusting I am on Twitter. Yes. So it was after one of his epic performances in a Heat game, and <laughs> I just I, I found Tony Brothers. <laughs> I found his at, and I was like, Tony Brothers, this better fucking not be you. <laughs> and he's like, Yes, it's me. I use this account to help underage uh, <laughs> underage moms <laughs> and their and their kids. I was like, Oh. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Tony Brothers. <laughs> like it was his charity. Yo, Al, Al, it was you're like not his the, charity. Site. Al, you're not the first. Al, you're not the first one who's done that. <laughs> there was one one person a weird Celtics Twitter, right? I think is I think he's like Alex Kungu. Uh, he he really really hated Tony Brothers after one game, and so we looked up Tony Brothers like his his biography, his Twitter page, and everything, and he found the charity page and all that, and he was like, yo, like he tweeted about it. He's like. I feel like such a fucking asshole right now. Well, wait, did he's he say? An, did he call him out nice first? Man. <laughs> he's yeah, a nice man. I, I started. He's also. Him he's out. also probably. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, I started cursing him out. It's like the time I called Scott Van Pelt fatherless, and he said, "Yeah, my father's <laughs> dead." What up? And I, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Al. aren't you blocked by like Eric Reed or something, or Tony? I was blocked by everybody until I had to create a new account. Oh, is that fake Alf account still alive? Yes. Where he says nice thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know he booked us Tony Fiorentino. The heat yeah, uh, color. Yeah, that, that. that's like my favorite story ever. Did you guys see how Marcus Smart cost uh, a bad beat because Philly was plus one and a half points and by making that free throw, Marcus Smart made it two points? 
Or yes. Mar- Marcus Smart ruined the betting line by making like by making the free throw he wanted to miss. <laughs> that was the most that, that's a smart ending of all time. It was the most Marcus he, Smart thing he ever. Misses, he misses a crucial three in the fourth. He misses a free throw that he had to make. He's, he accidentally makes a free throw that he's trying to miss. And then, of course, he gets the game-saving steal. That's the epitome of his career. I think somebody tweeted that. Like, the, like it's weird because like Celtics and Heat fans are like they're like the exact same people, except the Celtics are. No, we're not. Except <laughs> one's more racist. That, that looks like there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but like the way the way Celtics fans talk about Spo is the exact same way Heat fans talk about Brad. Oh, you guys don't like Spo? Oh no, we don't. How do you not what? like Spo? Wait, no. why don't you like Spo? Because we're like. Because first of all, Heath fans are like, man, Brad is overrated. He hasn't won a championship. And then the Celtics fans respond like, you know, Spell had LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Of course, he's gonna fucking win. Well, he so he's done just as much winning without those guys as Brad Stevens has done. So period. Right, it goes both ways. <laughs> I mean, at least Brad Stevens has made conference finals without the greatest player in the world. So we give. And then that. like he fans talk, he fans slandering Marcus Smart. It's like us slandering Justice Winslow. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa Justice, well, Justice, Justice, and Justice isn't that. fat. Marcus isn't fat. He lost twenty pounds. Marcus is fat, dude. We've gone over this on your show. Marcus Smart's fat. It was Marcus a time Smart's to Boston. It was a time Boston led the league in fat guys. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fat guys. Dude, do you, you guys want Dion Waiters? Because like he's he's right. He's, oh, he's, he's, he's plump. Like that guy's had so many Big Macs. I feel like the Heat can't trade any of these guys, like like Hassan, James Johnson, because they like other teams feared that once they leave Miami, they'll just get fat again. <laughs> I, I I let me tell you something. That's a running theory that we have. Like I legitimately think that culture's working against them. Yeah, nobody thinks they're going to be able to make James Johnson what he is down here. I mean, he was in Toronto. He was a journeyman. There's a lot of, there's a bunch of journeymen. Even Dwayne left here and got fat. Well, Dwayne's always wanted to eat, though. Like, Dwayne is oh, like, historically. Soon as, Dwayne wa- soon as Dwayne got on the plane, dude, he started eating cheeseburgers and milkshakes, dude. And I, I think it was also because he was freezing his ass off in Chicago and Cleveland. Did you hear when yeah, you he gotta, came back? That when he came back, when Pat spoke to him on the phone, he said, you've had your last pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne was like, no. You know that he'd almost try to get Jared Sullinger? Oh, see, that that's a culture project I want to see. <laughs> Dude, he would have been point forward on this team. I'm so down for Jared Sullinger. Like, just, like, let's make him not fat. I want to see what that looks like. Who they, the could, one... they could get Glenn Davis. Nah, he's, he's too old at this point, but... What you no, say, well, there's a couple guys. Dexter Pittman, they couldn't get him to lose weight. Eddie Curry. A- Eddie Curry. Oh, dude, I was so excited about Eddie Curry. <laughs> Was Mario Chalmers ever fat? No. No? He had, like, a chubby baby face. You know, hold on. I'm glad that you say that. And, like, so we had Tim Bontemps on right before you came on at the Washington Post. And when he said, yeah, you know, Spolster had the the team of Wade, Bosch, and the greatest player who ever lived. And I wanted to say Mario Chalmers. But, like, he seemed way (laughs) too serious to think that's funny. Yeah, he wouldn't have got it. He wouldn't have thought that was funny. He would have been really confused. And it would have brought the interview to a screeching halt. But I wanted. To I mean, say you so you tried numerous times. Did I? Was I bad? Yeah, you 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 played you played active defense against the show. <laughs> I've been All bad, day. Kevin. I've been bad, Kevin. You saved the show, Kevin. This has been the best part. We've <laughs> like we've I literally not listening. done our show until you've come on. Now we're doing our show. Guys, I'm, I'm the Dwayne Wade of the show. Yes. <laughs> For today, Guys. no. We we just did really good serious basketball talk, and Kevin, we're not I'm very sorry. good at that normally. Brian, what do you want to say? 
I found the list of the most fast NBA players of all time. Oh, let's hear this. Do you want to start from, from the top or you want to go down? How many are there? There's 20. Okay, give me give the me top five. Top give, me, five. give me top five. Top five? All right. From bottom so to we top. Got, we got Eddie Curry. Okay. All Oliver right. Miller. Okay. Oh, he was good. They have Shaq on here, obviously. Yes, I mean, fat Dude, Oliver Hammer. Miller had the illest stretch marks on his shoulders. <laughs> they were epic. I mean, <laughs> like, he had, like he, had the, he had the arms of like a seven foot six person. And he was just fat. And then, like, he just had these epic This guy's marks. legit fat. Like, no, do you, like, guys, do you guys remember the night you, the night um, Will Nova won it all, where we looked up that one dude's, like, fake, like, old tweets? Remember that, right? No. And then we did that with NBA players. And with Hassan Whiteside, he had one tweet. He was like, yo, I'm at the gym. And I see, like, a 300-pound woman. She has an iPad taped to her arm. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be true. Please don't. Yo, Oliver Miller looks like he would have an iPad strapped to his arm to like work out. Dude, this guy's—I've never seen this guy. This guy's huge. Oh, he was on the Suns, man. He was good, man. He was good. Three hundred seventy-five <laughs> pounds was his peak playing weight. How? How have we not talked? How? How are there not documentaries on this guy? How did he play eight years? He was good. How did he not lose he weight a, playing professional sports? Yeah, yeah. I don't understand how you can be that fat. Like, I play one game of basketball, I lose fifteen pounds. Like, they play professional ball for forty-eight minutes, and they, how do you? How much do you have to eat between games to maintain that weight? He I don't even it. understand. And then they have practice training camp. Like, you have to actively try to be that. That fat. dude's not practicing. That no way. <laughs> that dude's practicing. No way. All right. Well, who's number two? Number two is Shaq. I think Oliver Miller should beat Shaq. I'm sorry. Uh, Eddie Carey's three. Michael Sweetney is number four. Oh, yeah. Oh, Michael yeah. Sweetney is a big boy. <clears throat> so who was number one? Uh, number one was was Oliver Miller. Oh, I, I thought, I thought oh, we were going to We're missing one. We're missing one. My bad. Uh, number five is Robert Tractor Trailer. Oh. Rick Mahorn was pretty fast, too, though. Peace. Rick, Rick Do you guys Mahorn. remember... Th- was the Gators had a guy who he was so fat, instead of the sky hook, they called his shot the meat hook. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I do not remember his name, but he was huge. Rick Mahorn was not fat. I'm sorry. Rick Dimitri Rick, Hill? Rick Mahorn's fat now. He was not fat when he played. I'm sorry, Rick Mahorn. Uh-huh. I, I, have a question. I have a question. Do, yes. you guys think, do you guys consider Draymond Green fat? No. Yes. Now? Right now, yeah. No. No. We went over this, Kevin. Kevin thinks that Draymond's fatter than Marcus Smart. He is. No, he's not. Like Draymond, Draymond guards seven footers. So he has to be fatter. No, he's strong. No. Low, low center of gravity. I mean, he's not like Igudala, but you know, he's not fat. I mean, he probably has speaking a little bit. Speaking of out of shape and fat, I think like Paul Pierce was the most out of shape looking superstar of all time. Like in I any think sport, if he was in, in any better- sport. <laughs> If he was in better shape, I think he'd be like regarded as a top fifteen player. Ever. I just think the we he just had the looks of a guy who didn't know he just can't be that good. Like, oh wait, but here's his numbers. Who cares? He had man tits. Like he is not an all time great. And he played with Antoine Walker, so that was a lot of fat dude. Antoine Walker enormous now. Just unathletic. No what? Muscles, yeah. No. Oh my god. I saw Antoine I, Walker Antoine, on TV. Antoine Walker looked like. 
I've never seen a guy balloon like Antoine Walker. I saw and Antoine he looks. Walker. I saw him like courtside at a Celtics team. I thought that was Shaq at first. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And he and I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I, maybe I was too young to like really pay attention to playing weight when Antoine Walker was in Miami. But I, I don't know. I, I remember him being in decent shape when he was here. No, well, he, he was. He was never toned. He was just never very toned. Like he just. It's like he never actually lifted a weight. He pr- he probably gets wind. He probably gets winded when he shimmies now. He must have <laughs> the legendary shimmy. No, yeah, he looked he looked good when he was here. He probably hated being here. He shimmies involuntarily now. He probably hated being here. Shaq hated. I, I imagine Shaq didn't like it either. I think Shaq's on record saying he didn't like it in his book. Oh, Shaq's on record just, saying he and Riley hated each other in the end. Yeah, he just said that the other night on live TV. Yeah, that was. A, he said that he said he and Pat Riley never saw eye to eye. Yeah, did Fat Shaq get hurt running down the court as a Celtic? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. Like, that he got shot. Play. They were making it's, fun of his him. His last game was that's how he got injured. <laughs> <laughs> what an end to a Hall of Fame career. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.